It's fine. We're we're trying to become uh, book influencers. You gotta have books to be a book fluencer. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll workshop it. <laughs> Welcome to Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool, just like us. <laughs> and yeah, we uh, we've been talking about so many books. Why did we even? We're reading Twilight and Midnight Sun. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of Midnight Sun to go with the Twilight yep. this week. So There's a lot of ground to cover. First, we'll introduce ourselves, I guess. I, as always, am Sophie, and my YA title that has been randomly generated for me today is, (laughs) sorry, it's very good, (laughs) (laughs) the bag full of blood and exoskeleton. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's so good. This is so good. (laughs) Before we started the recording, we were talking about uh disgusting recipes that you make to feed crabs and that's what it is and this is a good summation of that (laughs) yeah that's a good crab dinner yeah add some cuddle bone in there and then you're (laughs) a-okay nightmares hold on question does like a gastropod shell count as an exoskeleton and therefore does a cuddle bone even though it's an endo like an internal structure does it count as an exoskeleton I feel like I would still call it an endoskeleton just because yeah. it is endo. I would agree with yeah. that. So uh... <laughs> maybe <laughs> shells don't count as an exoskeleton, like gastropods shells. Anyway, that's a different <laughs> podcast that wow. we would probably have a good time doing. Um, <laughs> who are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> Well, as always, I'm Sam, and my randomly generated name of today is the tomfoolery of TikTok teens and bookstores. Wow, you got tomfoolery twice in a row. I know. (laughs) It's a good one. And it's like very applicable because there's a lot of TikTok teens who love bookstores. (laughs) Yep. Alliteration of tomfoolery and TikTok teens is very orally pleasing to me. Yeah, La- last time I think we talked about a tomfoolery being the name for a group of things, and I think it's TikTok teens. <laughs> there we go. We found it. We found it. Perfect. And I am Hannah, and my randomly generated YA title for this week is "The Galaxy of Babies and Shadows." Whoa. <laughs> that, okay, that sounds like an actual book name, though. <laughs> it does. I cannot fathom what that could be about. (laughs) I can't. I'm trying to think. I feel like I've watched some sort of sci-fi that had like a planet full of babies. (laughs) It sounds like a Star Trek, the original trilogy episode. (laughs) That's what it probably was. Because like my dad used to watch Star Trek all the time when I was growing up. So I probably have some subconscious memory from then that's coming up. But like I can't place it. Mm. But I feel like that's a sci-fi thing I've seen. Yeah, so it's probably not the name of a YA book, but it is the tagline for, like, one of the Star Trek movies. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Cool. Well, I think one of these chapter summaries is going to be a bit shorter than the others, but (laughs) Sam, you want to tell us what happened in Twilight this week? Yeah. 
not much happened considering how bloody long this chapter was. Uh, mostly it was just filled with a bunch of filler with Bella talking to Jacob, then talking to Mike and talking to Edward. But then she got to meet Alice for the first time, which was kind of cute. And then we have the big day. They're like big date where they're going for a hike. It's Bella's worst nightmare. And I thought we were going to get the meadow scene and this chapter, but then the chapter ends right before they enter the meadow. And I was mad. I went through that whole chapter for nothing. There's no payoff. Just nothing. Just a cliffhanger at the end there. I was real mad about it. Because I actually was like, oh, yeah, I remember like thinking this scene was cute. And then I was like, oh, no, what if it's not going to be cute? But that's for next next time. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cool. How about uh, Midnight Suns? A million chapters that we had to read. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had to read three chapters of Midnight Sun to cover the single Twilight chapter. And they are called Closer, Probability, and The Knot. Most of the new information was just in the middle chapter in Probability. Edward and Alice have a long conversation while they're out hunting about Bella's possible futures, and Alice realizes that the upcoming meadow scene is kind of the crux of whatever is going to happen. So what they do there will set the tone for the rest of their future. So of course, Edward stresses out about it frequently. There's also a protracted flashback about the second year of Edward's vampirehood, where he reflects on Carlisle's efforts to help him live a fulfilling life. And also on his first encounter with other vampires who were two Irish vampires named Siobhan and Maggie living a more traditional vampire lifestyle and Siobhan makes this comment about how Edward is missing out on, quote, the greatest joy of this life by following Carlyle's lifestyle, which seems to have really stuck with him. And as he's reflecting upon the scene from his past whilst standing in Bella's bedroom, he decides that Bella is the greatest joy of his life. And that solidly pushes the possible futures towards the options where Bella lives. Aww. So that's nice. That was, Yeah. 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 Really, we could have just read that one chapter and skipped the other two. Seriously. Yeah. The Twilight one, given the fact that it is so very long, it felt very much like a transitional chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were at least like three different scenes yeah. in that one chapter. And it was like, clearly she just was like, I just have to get through this part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, she's yeah. like, come on, we got to get to the meadow scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. I loved the uh, <laughs> the image when Edward and Bella are again talking in the cafeteria and Bella looks over to the rest of the Cullens and says that they are all staring off in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, aren't you supposed to be acting human? Like, who just sits at a table with a group of people and nobody looks at each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, the uh, in the Midnight Sun chapter... Edward implies that, like, Alice had just warned everyone to, like, look away from Bella, which yeah. also implies that they had all just been staring at Edward and Bella, like, a split <laughs> second before. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how nobody else has clocked that they're non-human weirdos yet. They're Seriously. <laughs> they're so conspicuous. Especially because in my head... The way that it's like, oh, they're all looking in different directions. I don't picture them like sitting around a table normally. Like yeah. I picture like one of them sitting on the table with like legs hanging off, staring one direction. <laughs> like, like they look like a boy band in my brain. 
anyway, it's a good mental image. The thing about these, all four of these chapters, is that there's just so much of a bunch of stuff we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, Edward ruins everything again oh by being like, uh, her infatuation and my true love. And it's like, okay, can you stop with that? Again, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like Bella not realizing how pretty she is. Edward just being in his own head the whole time. It's, I don't Edward not realizing how horny Bella is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, if you want a summary of what we talk about on this podcast, you can really just read these four chapters. It's so true. It's got all of yep. it. Yep. It is interesting that, like, <laughs> we get so little of interest in each new chapter that we always come back to the same subjects. Yeah. It's just like rubbing it in. That's like, okay, we get it. This is still happening. Yeah. Yep. Slightly different from our usual issue. Edward does like one of his first things where he's not thinking about how his actions are going to affect Bella. He like picks her up for their date. And then is like, by the way, we're going to be doing a five mile hike through the woods with no trail. <laughs> Didn't tell you to wear like hiking clothes or proper shoes. Like if I got picked up for a date, and they just sprung a five-mile hike on me, I'd be like, bro, I'm wearing flip-flops. Like, yeah. you should have yeah. told me beforehand. I'd be like, we need to turn around. I need to go change. <laughs> yeah. That is such a guy thing to do on a date, though, to, like, plan a hike and not tell the girl. And then, yeah. like, you get all cute or whatever, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I need hiking <laughs> pants. I need my hiking shoes. I need yeah. my day back with at least two bottles of water, a granola yeah. bar. I need snacks. <laughs> I, need I did not wear my activity bra today. Like yeah. we have a limited number of things we can do. <laughs> I need to take all this makeup off because I am going to be sweating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goodbye. My biggest issue with these chapters, I okay, am I just like missing something? <laughs> because <laughs> I cannot picture what kind of shirt Edward is wearing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay. What the okay? What the fuck kind of shirt has a collar, buttons up, and has no sleeves? Okay, I actually I made something for us. Oh my god! Oh. What is he wearing? I'll put it in our group chat, and don't worry, I've already scheduled it to go out. <laughs> I've spent like I spent a good ten minutes being like, "What the fuck is this shirt?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Wait, I finally got to it. Oh god. See, that's what I'm picturing. And I'm like, that's not yeah. a real shirt. I had to reread that passage like <laughs> three times. <laughs> yeah, because he talks about putting on a button-up, like collared shirt. Yeah. And then he says that it he matches Bella's because hers leaves her arms bare to the shoulder. They're both wearing this insane shirt. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I have a shirt like this, but it's like a crop top with a like tie in it. Like it's a cute shirt. No. no. I've never they always have like sleeve, like a little poof, like not right, like the the shoulder. It's not like a muscle shirt where it like goes really high on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh my god. <laughs> wow. I wish, I wish they had committed to that in the movie. <laughs> Seriously, Edward, Edward in the world's most formal muscle shirt. Like I was trying to picture it in my head, and I was like, "Is it a vest? Like, are you trying to say the word vest? Like that oh buttons up and has no sleeves? Oh my god, it's an insane shirt." <laughs> that 
the most ridiculous thing. That's ridiculous. Like, why not just be like, I wore a, you know, a button-up shirt with a muscle shirt underneath or something. I don't even, anyway. Yeah, or even just like a short-sleeved button-up. Like, that's that wouldn't have raised any eyebrows for me, but... A sleeveless button-up is a very different story. It's like the they put extra emphasis in the Midnight Sun chapters that like Alice picked this shirt for Edward, and she didn't go like, "What the f- did I just buy?" Well, she did. She was like, "Yeah, I don't know why I bought this, but you need it, but so I'll- you can't throw it out." Yeah, but like, <laughs> where did she buy it? Did she get the sleeves off herself? This shirt doesn't exist. <laughs> oh my god. I was wondering, like, if that was a mistake. That, like, she didn't realize that this was the shirt that she had written Edward wearing. Yeah. Like, but it's in Midnight Sun. Yeah, it is in Midnight Sun. Is this, like, a thing that people wear? (laughs) I've never seen a masculine presenting person wearing this shirt. Exactly. No. Like, these shirts are usually cut to, like you know, have the hourglass shape. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Looking at this uh, this picture, it is the ideal hiking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm glad we got that shirt out of the way because it was like, I was even. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. Okay, to talk about something nicer, I guess, I kind of liked, even though the Twilight chapter was like, forgettable instantly mm-hmm. yeah. i like when edward shows up to like pick bella up for their or i guess not pick her up uh mooch a ride to their date <laughs> yeah <laughs> there were just like a couple moments that made me laugh the first was bella being like uh i had a little trouble with the simple deadbolt <laughs> <I'm Yeah. laughs> and i'm like yeah same <laughs> <laughs> yep me too and then the second one when he like realizes that they're wearing the exact same thing but her reaction is she doesn't realize and she's like, I worried that I'd forgotten something important, like pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was this one. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. So relatable. Uh-huh. <laughs> the moment where like the instant someone looks at you like as though something might be weird and you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is my shirt off? Yeah, did I forget to wear a bra? <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. A couple days ago, I was at work for three hours before I realized that my pants were on inside out. So. <laughs> oh, man. I was at work for a full day once and I didn't realize that my dress was backwards. <laughs> it was luckily like it was fine because it was like a black turtleneck dress. You couldn't tell unless you knew. But then I, yeah, I, when I, I don't remember what I did. I think I went to the gym or something after and I took it, I looked at the, at the tag and I was like, oh my God, I've been wearing this backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <sighs> it happens to the best of us. Yep. I really liked with their outfits. It was kind of, it was debunked in Midnight Sun, but in the Twilight chapter, I was like, oh my God, what if Alice saw Bella getting dressed and like, pushed edward to wear this specific thing so that they would match oh my god oh my god that would have been so funny but it wasn't that which is kind of yeah no i think edward just or he says that he never puts that much thought into what he wears and then he just puts on (laughs) this sleeveless button down and a tan sweater 
hate I hate this shirt so much. <laughs> <laughs> it seems more like something Emmett would wear, honestly. Oh, oh god. But god. except it was it would be because he ripped the sleeves off himself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He just hulked out of the sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My absolute favorite part about these chapters was how much Alice was in them. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so nice. There was just on the Midnight Sun side, we've said this before countless times, but there mm. were just a bunch of things that there were two parts that like I don't think ever got touched on really in Twilight that end up in this book where I don't know if the um, memory of that time when he was a newborn vampire shows up in Twilight at all. Not really. I don't Not think really. So. Yeah. But like early days with Carlisle, like that's fun, A. And then B, like this whole chaotic situation where the reason Edward takes off for the afternoon to go hunting is because Alice realizes that the meadow reveal vision she has is at the same place as Bella getting murdered by Edward vision. Oh. <laughs> and so like in the Twilight, you don't get any sense of that happening really but in the midnight sun thing it becomes this whole chapter which was just like cool to see them interacting and like having to deal with this problem that you didn't know was a thing in the original book yeah i mean i'm always like harping about how we didn't get to see something in midnight sun that i think midnight sun would have been good for but this is like the perfect example of why midnight sun could have been amazing yeah for sure because you get this whole scene of like granted we're over edward just like fighting with himself over this thing but i felt like this scene was an actual good representation of it because it shows something actually happening from the beginning to the end because alice keeps giving him numbers on what her visions are showing the outcomes likelihood being Mm-hmm. so like how likely is it that bella will just end up dead how likely is it that she'll end up turned into a vampire or how likely is it that this nebulous potential third where she stays human and is alive mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't know she just keeps like peppering in with edward having this like he'll have some wild like oh my god everything's terrible and then he'll be like no i must be the edward bella wants me to be and then alice calls him being like it's 80 40 now wait that's not how numbers sam's a statistician it's okay yeah sam will make fun of me (laughs) but yeah it's like i don't know because i felt like that was actually like things are moving progressing and changing whereas Mm -hmm. up until this point it's like ah he's just being obnoxious yeah Mm -hmm. and it was fun to see the two of them kind of working through it together where they're like both watching alice's visions and like okay what will happen if we decide we're going to do this what will happen if we do this like Mm -hmm. if i do this will things change will they stay the same it was really interesting to see how they have both learned to like interpret and manipulate the future based on alice's visions Mm -hmm. first we get like a little bit more into what Alice's power is like, which I thought was interesting in that mm-hmm. it's not that just that she sees visions, she like has this web of the mm-hmm. future in her head that is just always there and like new visions will come as things change. But it seems like anything that has 
she's already kind of picked up on but hasn't changed stays there so she can like pull at it at will yeah Mm -hmm. is how i understood it which seems pretty cool it seems very overwhelming to me Yeah. yeah but what was interesting about that to me is that edward was trying to figure out like what he could do to change all of this but alice was like there is like a fixed point where you and bella end up at this place and there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. and what i liked about that is that we've seen so much of edward like completely disregarding bella's opinion and he does it a lot in this chapter too unsurprisingly <laughs> but it's like well clearly bella is like way more stubborn to follow this path it's gonna happen and it's gonna be because bella decided <laughs> yep yes which i don't know was fun gave her more uh control over her own destiny <laughs> Yes. I really liked what Alice said about it. There's a quote. You know that I love you, so listen to me now. Putting this off won't change anything. Take her to your meadow, Edward, and for me, and especially for you, bring her back again. And I was like, damn, that's so good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, it's gonna happen whether you want it to or not. Like, this is a shatter point in this <laughs> Twilight universe. You gotta go to this meadow and see what happens there. Yeah, and Alice even says, like, Edward, that's not taking into account what Bella does. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what you do, you need to take into account what she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have a sentence here. Oh, no. Of my notes. That's just, like, all caps. I've bolded it because I was so angry while writing it. <laughs> he doesn't even ask Bella or tell her the details or consider it or anything. Because, like, the whole thing that frustrates me, which we definitely have said, is that he doesn't tell her that she has the option of becoming a vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as far as he's concerned, she doesn't, right? Like, he's bound and determined to make sure she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, like, so infuriating that, yeah, he doesn't let her make the choice. He doesn't say, mm-hmm. like, here's the downsides of being a vampire. Here's why I really don't want you to be one, because in my experience, blah, 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 blah. He's just like, I'm just not going to tell her about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that the whole plot of Eclipse? That, like, Bella wants to be a vampire and Edward's trying to convince her not to be one. Yeah. Well, we'll get there when we get there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember any of that, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's, like, the main plot of it. I like this insight into Edward and Alice's relationship because I think Stephanie Meyer, besides Edward being awful, it shows a different perspective on, like, men displaying love and like Mm -hmm. edward is just like so open about like how much he loves his family and it's just not something you see a lot in a male lead in especially in romance novels you get so much like the dark brooding type who like will never say i love you and and then you just have edward here which i know it's like possessive and stuff but seeing it with alice it just i I don't know it felt i liked it i loved the same thing with uh, in the flashback with Edward and Carlisle, like yeah. seeing how much they do for each other because of how much they love each other. Yeah. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. Yeah. Carlisle, like, knows that Edward, young Edward, when he's only been a vampire for about a year, like, feeds off of Carlisle's approval. That's, like, the only thing he wants in the world. So he, like, tricks him and sends him out and is like, okay, 
I want you to like go for a walk among the humans yourself. Like, I trust you. You can do it. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And Edward is like so excited to come home and tell Carlisle that he did it without like slipping and killing anybody. And then Carlisle has like used this as a distraction to set up a Christmas tree because like he took Edward's yeah. humanity away from him. So he wants to make sure that Edward gets some of it back. Like Edward's not into it, but he knows how hard Carlisle is trying. So he like forces himself to like it and like participate in having Christmas and has a good time. It's like, <laughs> it's so sweet how much they care about each other and how much they do for each other, even in their very non-conventional family. Yeah. Oh. That's that 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 gets Hannah right there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> How to make Hannah have a run on sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, as much as I appreciate how much they care for each other and want to do things for each other, I cannot believe Alice went and found a mountain lion for Edward to eat. Like, how dare? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was pretty peeved about that, too. And Edward was like, oh, but the population in this park. I was like, uh, yeah, Edward. <laughs> yeah, don't eat it. He, like, specifically is like, yeah, it probably won't taste any better than, like, a deer. <laughs> yeah, But he eats it anyway. Yep. Rude. Also, that made me wonder, uh, what do you think Alice's favorite is? Based on Edward and Emmett's favorites and what Edward says about them. Their favorite foods are usually predators, and he, I don't remember the exact wording he uses later, but he says that they are kind of emblematic of how the vampire is. Like how they hunt? Yeah, and just like what their strengths are. Hmm, this is a great question. Yeah. Yeah. She would have to be something like small and fast, right? Yeah. Like, like, I feel like some kind of bird, right? Or, like, a ooh. hawk. Oh, I didn't think of that. Or, like, an owl, because, like, owls, like, know where everything is before they even strike. Because they, oh. they can hear it. Maybe. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of non-mammalian predators. Edward specifically says, like, even birds run away from him. So I'm like, I'm assuming he they also eat birds. Maybe it has to be mammalian, though. I don't know. I was going like lynx, but like not quite lynx, but some like a small cat. Oh, sh- oh, it's a fox. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say it was a fox. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> that took me longer to get to than it should have, though. <laughs> My other top moment in these chapters was when Alice like uses her future seeing to see how she would find the keys to Bella's truck and then just yeah. like shortcut past because she sees where she finds it in the end. <laughs> so she like she sees the path she would follow to find the key and then she just goes to where she saw the key was. Which <laughs> is so great. It was like that's my favorite good. part. <laughs> it's like hell yeah, that's the best use of this power I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so creative. When I was wondering in Twilight, I was like, how are they going to find this key? I was afraid that it was going to be Edward being like, yes, I like remember hearing her keys in her pocket when she got undressed for bed or something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Super gross. Yeah. But then it wasn't gross, and I was the gross one. <laughs> you were the gross one. I mean, given Edward's past behavior, like it's yeah. not that far off. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Ugh. 
I did my classic thing where I uh, fact checked. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So Edward's directions to the meadow. I oh. there is a highway 101 that passes right through Forks, uh, okay. and there is a highway 110. Okay. But he says turn right on the 110, and you can't. There's no right. It's only left. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's where, like, you just... There's, like, a road. There's, like, there's the 110, and then just after the 110, there is, like, a road that heads into the park. So I'm assuming that's probably what he meant. Because if you turn left on the 110, and you drive until the pavement ends, you end up at La Push Beach. <laughs> so, oh. he, so that's probably not where he took her. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, and so if you go up the other road, it's weird because it turns into one of those, like, it splits in ways that aren't, like, it isn't obvious which road is the main road. It looks Mm -hmm. like from just looking at Google Maps. But basically, it just takes you, yeah, into the middle of the park. (laughs) So I guess that's probably where he took her. (laughs) And did you find a meadow on Google Maps? No, it's impossible. (laughs) They're all, like, forest roads, so they don't have, like street view Mm. unfortunately interesting well it's not that interesting but (laughs) But the first (laughs) time i was the first time i was looking it up i was like are you kidding me he's just taking her to la push beach that can't be right what a plot twist yeah just like uh are you sure about that Taking you to a place I like to go when it's sunny, specifically to antagonize the world. Yeah. <laughs> Standing on the beach, sparkling like, come eat me now, werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, you guys. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely something that would happen in Eclipse. <laughs> that's yeah. true. <laughs> Standing right on the edge of the treaty line. 100%. With his shirt off, just like, what? <laughs> 100 percent what are you gonna do about it it's edward and jacob both turning to just such petty dickheads looking forward to that are you so much so much so much yes anyway that was the only uh sleuthing i did on this (laughs) (laughs) i was going to do some sleuthing about St. John, New Brunswick in 1919, because that's where Edward and Carlisle were. But then I got distracted, I guess, for context. This is where Carlisle takes Edward as the first place they're going to live amongst people. And his escape route for if Edward gets like too overwhelmed by all the people nearby and they need to like get out of the populated areas fast is to go into the harbor (laughs) (laughs) so i got distracted from my history searching because saint john is right on the bay of fundy and for people who don't know the bay of fundy is like has the highest tides in the world and is a very turbulent very destructive marine environment Uh, (laughs) 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 so i was just imagining edward running headlong into the bay of fundy immediately getting knocked over by the tides like getting absolutely wrecked because they try to put tidal generators in the bay of fundy and they get broken very quickly because the bay of fundy tides are strong enough to carry boulders back and forth and it smashes the turbines to bits and like you can't put oceanographic gear down there I've like done an internship with an organization that like tries to do some research in there. You have to get specifically designed 
sub floats. You have to get specifically designed anchors just to work in the Bay of Fundy. They still break free all the time. They're like constantly getting damaged because it is such a destructive place to be. <laughs> the idea of Edward like getting hungry for people, running into the Bay of Fundy, and immediately having his head knocked off by a giant rock. <laughs> We've discovered the third way to kill a vampire. Yeah, it would have solved all the problems now. <laughs> Just throw him in the Bay of Fundy. <laughs> they'll get, like, they get tumbled and <laughs> become very, very smooth. Yeah, like a diamond, because that's what they're yeah. made of. Yeah, like all of their fingers like break off and they just have this like very polished round little hand. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> like imagine that you're a vampire and you find a vampire who like got stuck in the Bay of Fundy a hundred years ago and now is like just a torso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm also imagining like, because the Bay of Fundy has like hella high and low tides, right? It's like 12 yeah. feet or something or more than 12 meters. Let's wait, Fundy. Tidal range. 12 meters. 12 meters. 38 feet. Yeah. So, like, I don't know where they were staying, but I imagine there's, like, low tide situations where <laughs> you walk to where the water is and then you fall 15 meters <laughs> off of, like, oh. the cliff. <laughs> well, a lot of places on the Bay of Fundy, and therefore probably in St. John as well, you tie up your boat to the dock at high tide and then it sits in the mud during low tide. Yeah. Like the water just leaves completely. Dang. So would Edward just <laughs> have to mud? He'd have to run for like 20 minutes before he gets to where the water is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just or burrow just, down like, into the mud flat like a clam. That's what I was thinking. He just like buries himself and like I don't know how the straw sticking up. So, oh, wait, he doesn't need to breathe. Never mind. No, he doesn't need to breathe. Carlisle goes out there with like a shovel, like you do when you're looking for crabs, and just, like, yeah, is Edward out of the mud. Just looking for my vampire, you yeah. know. Just looking for my son. Have you calmed down yet, son? <laughs> He's like uh, a little lungfish estivating in like a little cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> His vampire cocoon <laughs> opens his eyes and like mud trickles out of his mouth and he's like, I'm still hungry. <laughs> uh, okay, but like on that note, why the hell do vampires like constantly live in a state of pent up murder? Like a normal predator doesn't attack everything it sees all the time. This is my problem also with like monster movies. Yeah. Because if a predator isn't like starving, they are very calculating about when they hunt and how they make their attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a difference between like, I guess, a starving animal that will kind of like risk a lot more. But normally, predators like they'll wait in ambush or they'll wait for the perfect strike. So that they don't risk hurting themselves, which is, like, a huge problem if you're a predator. I guess not for mm -hmm. a vampire. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, chock full of blood. And he's, like, I still must murder. And it's, like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Did either of you imagine when, okay, because he's, like, literally says he's, like, so full of blood. I can't remember what the exact <laughs> line was. Oh, yeah. His insides are felt liquefied. Yeah. Aww. But in my head, oh, oh, my. Like, I just imagined... 
this like Michelin man kind of vibe <laughs> and just like feeling like you were full of liquid. And so I just imagined this like bloated Edward that was just like when he walked with blood sloshing. Sloshing <laughs> around. Yeah. I was imagining, you know, when you are diving and you like first get out and your wetsuit is like full of water. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. That's what I was imagining. Yeah, and then you open up the leg of your wetsuit and it just all comes out. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I imagined. And then, like, I just imagined him walking around and then you hear those, like, sloshing of blood, yeah. which I know is completely not biologically reasonable, but just the way she described it, I was just like, this is Ooh. a really weird visual I have in my brain right now. It's so weird. To be fair, though, none of the stuff we've learned about vampires is biologically reasonable. Oh, this is true. I have several other biology issues that came to light while reading this section. Yeah. <laughs> Just like every part of the vampire doesn't make sense. Okay, I, I need to okay, I need to ask this one. So okay. we get our first vampire shower. So Edward takes oh, a shower. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so this my brain, which had been working for like nine or ten hours that day trying to read twilight was just like wait edward's taking a shower when you shower you lose a lot of hair and then i was like vampire hair and it's like it's established that twilight vampires freeze so like if you turn with short hair it never grows more if you turn with long hair and you cut it like you're never gonna get it back but does that mean that their hair is also like diamond strength because hair naturally breaks and if it never grows back, wouldn't all vampires just be bald and completely hairless eventually? Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> like, your hair falls out because it has died, right? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, and it, like if your hair's not growing, it naturally breaks as it gets older. So, yeah. I like if their hair also isn't diamond strength and it's not growing when it breaks or if they shower. Like, it would eventually just all be gone. I mean, it must not break. Like, it must petrify just like the rest of them. That's but- so funny, though, because I'm imagining, like, the one thing that the vampires protect on their body is, like, their hair. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, oh, you can't kill me or anything, but you can ruin my hair. Do yeah. not come near me with those scissors. <laughs> But then I was just imagining myself as a vampire because like I'm pretty sentimental with my hair. Like I like my hair a lot. And then I can't imagine just like getting in like a fight or an accident or something and somehow your hair gets off and then like you lose your hair and then it can't grow back. And then <laughs> Listen, in this day and age, you can wear whatever wig you want. That's true. But like Man, now I'm thinking about it. Does their hair, like, <laughs> do bullets also bounce off their hair? <laughs> yes. Yes, See? absolutely. But then how do they brush the hair? How does it not just, like, stick up or, like, because, like, it's it's established that, like, Alice has a pixie cut and Rosalie has, like, long flowing blonde hair. But if your hair is, like, diamond, it can't flow. I feel like the fact that vampires are supposed to be super hot to humans and one of the things that fairly universally humans like on a potential mate is nice hair whatever that means to them there must just be a thing that is just like we're going to take whatever hair you had when you're turned and make it perfect forever 
and like it's not going to change what is or it? fall out or anything because it makes sense to me that like they stop shedding hair right mm-hmm. like that freezes and so they wouldn't yeah. lose hair over time but like but it would break still also like their nails are stronger right Obviously. yeah they, i'm pretty sure they say that at some point yeah, yeah. but like that's also just keratin so mm-hmm. i'm assuming that means their hair is stronger probably not like i don't even know i mean maybe it turns into something like <laughs> this is a niche reference i guess <laughs> i have been working with dyneema line which is like polypropylene <laughs> line with a kevlar core uh-huh. and it's like super super strong it's really difficult to cut through but it's just as flexible as any other kind of line so th- there must be something in there that maybe it's, it's like carbonized and it's like some kind of carbon fiber that's Kevlar just hair. very fine. Yeah. You Lovely know. Kevlar hair. Kevlar hair. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. I, I'll accept that, this. Like this also begs the question though, when was Alice turned? Because I'm sure pixie cuts only came into fashion in the past. Like, <laughs> Oh, I think there's an explanation for that one. Yeah. Well, she was, wasn't it in the 20s? Yeah, but she oh. was also in an asylum, wasn't she? Yeah, she was institutionalized, so they m- might have just cut it off to uh, dehumanize okay. their mentally ill patients. Love that! Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the explanation. I think it comes up it, it comes up in one of the books, but I'm pretty sure that's why she's got the short hair. is because she was institutionalized right before she was turned. In the movie, she has dyed hair, doesn't she? They did change her hair in between the movies. I know, I was just saying that, like, she has dyed hair, so can you dye your vampire hair? <laughs> the character doesn't have dyed hair. Oh. The actress no. does. Well, anyway. I mean, the actress who played Rosalie has, like, bleach blonde hair. It's not natural blonde hair, also. But Yeah. On the subject of the shower, I was also very surprised by the idea of Edward taking a shower. <laughs> yeah. And... Then I was trying to, like, unpack why I found that surprising. Because it was like, clearly they must, like, get dirty. And it was like, did I think that <laughs> vampires just, like, shed their skins? Or, like, vibrate <laughs> at a really high frequency? So all of them- <laughs> like, I don't know what I was thinking they would do to get clean, but I was shocked that Edward was having a shower. <laughs> I personally like the idea that they just vibrate really, really fast. So all be like dust particles just fall off. <laughs> no, it's his uh it's his Bay of Fundy smooth skin that just uh, yes. slides off it. Well, the it. Bay of Fundy is like so turbid and so muddy that if anything you put in there comes out super dirty. So like he would have had to have some kind of a bath after burrowing in the mud to in avoid mud. it. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing he didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Dodged a bullet on that one. Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Man. Okay, so this this thought came to me because I am also reading the Night Hunter series at the same time. And they also have vampires where their hearts don't beat. And then Edward's always saying, like, his heart doesn't beat, da-da-da. And it has come to my attention that <laughs> this does not make physiological or biological sense because in Twilight... They still have venom pumping through them. So like still some sort of circular story system in the Night Hunter series. Those vamps have blood going through them. Like, I don't understand because if the heart doesn't beat, doesn't it all just pool in their feet? 
when they stand up. So you just get like vampires with swollen blood filled feet. And then like, I understand we have to have some leeway in these fantasy worlds and like with this paranormal shit. But like, I, I just, I don't understand the concept of a heart not beating and you still having a working inside. So, yeah. Okay. Maybe yes. the volume of their venom is such that it completely fills whatever fossilized remnants of a circulatory system they have. So it doesn't flow. It is just there, but it is filled all the way to the top. Oh, but then they use the venom when they bite. Yeah, so they that's... drain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But we had already talked about, okay, hear me out. Okay, so yeah. the vampire body is like diamond or super solid. So yeah. in theory, it can't like, like the venom can't just all go to the feet because like it can't change shape. Oh. Oh. Well, so like their body is like, solid so like yeah. the venom can't pool anywhere it just has to fill the space that exists yeah right so then if it wasn't moving that's where my issue is but we had also talked about they turn blood into the venom somehow yeah, yeah. but it, they must use up some of the venom when yeah. they're hunting and like, doesn't Edward say something about like venom pooling in his mouth or whatever? Or did I make that up? No, you. No. That is true. Yeah, that's true. And he uses some in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's a. <laughs> what's the conversion process like in Twilight Vampires? It's just a bite. So like the venom, a small, like even just a little bit of venom is enough. Right, but then do they like? you know go unconscious for a day or something like is there yeah so what they did in the movie because for some reason i've watched this clip on youtube a lot um (laughs) is the like blood gets into the human circulatory system Mm -hmm. and then sort of like a virus actually like uses the human circulatory system to get through the entire body and you know the change is completed when it petrifies the heart so like okay. it, it uses the heart to get through the entire body and then as soon as it is everywhere it stops the heart. And yeah. do they have like a like doesn't Bella like collapse for like is there something where they're just like incapacitated for a little while? They <laughs> I feel embarrassed that I remember this so vividly. And Bella's the answer though. <laughs> I need to know. In Bella's specific circumstance, they give her a bunch of morphine because Edward doesn't want her to be in pain for the couple of days that the transformation takes. Okay. But the morphine interacts with the venom to become a paralytic and does not actually work as an analgesic. So I think usually you are paralyzed specifically by the pain rather than any paralytic agent in the venom itself. Okay, I've got it figured out then. It's easy, guys. It's all easy. Oh, they basically undergo a caterpillar metamorphosis inside. <laughs> yeah. The venom, like, their outer body turns into this, like, diamond-hard vampire <laughs> shell. And yeah. then the venom dissolves all of their innards. And then it reforms into a new vampire circulatory slash venom system that we don't have to understand. Oh, no, I just got the circul- It's It's a capillary system, like in trees. Yeah. Oh, That's that would what work. it is. 
That's yeah, exactly what it is. Uh, metamorphosis does have to happen. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Because if you say like the venom, because like, yeah, caterpillars just become goop yeah. inside that pupa. And then the goop turns into a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. So there is some kind of chemical reaction between vampire venom and human viscera, basically, that like catalyzes a change into whatever a vampire is made of. Yeah. Wow. We figured it out. Yeah, we did. Easy. I feel like you two figured it out. I ask the questions and then you two <laughs> usually figure it out. I'm just here for the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and obviously that would hurt a lot. So that, okay, wait, that implication means that like the nervous system stays untouched, but everything else becomes goo. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's probably all soft tissue, right? Well, I guess mm. bones also maybe. Bones, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it makes sense for the Twilight vampires. It still leaves me questions with other vampires not having heart beating, but still having blood <laughs> flowing through them. Yeah. And they don't have the diamond skin kind of like, they they don't fit this hypothesis that we've developed, but I'll accept it for the Twilight vampires. Yeah, I don't know anything about non-Twilight vampires. But Sophie, your theory is corroborated in the source text because Edward specifically refers to his human life as a larval stage hey! before he <laughs> into a vampire. Hell yeah! He specifically says that in chapter whatever, Probability, in Midnight Sun. <laughs> At the time, reading it this morning, I was like, what a weird freaking thing to say about your human life. <laughs> but but uh, no more. No, it's biologically accurate. Who knew? God, the amount of, like, I feel relief. Yeah, actually come up with some, even though it's probably not that plausible, it's actually plausible. Yeah. No, I would buy that. That would make sense to me. If I read that as the explanation in the book, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll ride with this. Sure. I would accept it for sure. Once we finish reading Twilight, we have to like go through and collate all of our things and write like a fake scientific paper. <laughs> yes. On the physiology and morphology of the Twilight Vampire, Strigoni Benefici. <laughs> yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, I really also want to do that. We should Edward's, do it. <laughs> Edward's going to be the holotype of our taxonomic paper. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be great. What if we just publish a book where we read every vampire series and come up with no. the biology for each of them? Oh my god. <laughs> yes, but I no. <laughs> There's just a chapter for each of them. So we'll be like, here's Twilight. Here's True Blood. Here's the Vampire Diaries. Yo, this could to- this could be somebody's friggin' PhD thesis. Seriously. Okay, shall we wrap up this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> we should probably wrap it yeah. up. Okay. There was a lot that happened in these chapters that we didn't talk about because we've talked about it a thousand times, but that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And also because we read uh, four chapters. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Much. We talked about all the important stuff, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Okay. Probably. So do we want to take a guess on what the next chapter is going to be about? Thank God they're lined up again because <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> most chapters are called confessions. And I think we know what's going to happen because it was kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah, yep. I think this is the first time where I'm like very much like, yes, this we know what's happening. Yep. This is the meadow scene. <laughs> it's the meadow scene. Meadow also, scene. did you notice that Alice made a prediction in this chapter like for us doing this specific activity she was like oh i can see bella like going home happy after you hang out at the meadow 
Yeah. Maybe coming over to see our family on Sunday. And I was like, oh, maybe they go to see her family on Sunday. Maybe the chapter <laughs> after that is them seeing the Cullen family. <laughs> well, that was the shortest version of that we've ever had to do. Amazing. Seriously. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. From that scene. It probably won't be the whole meadow scene, right? Well, or maybe I, it'll just be like the part in the meadow, but not the leaving the meadow. What happens in the meadow scene? <laughs> I do don't they kiss? Do they kiss? I don't know. I can't remember. They, def- do they kiss? They definitely talk about being in love with each other. This yeah. is the part in the movie where Edward's like, you have to say it. And then she says vampire. <laughs> oh my god, no. yeah. Well, that happened already. I know. Wait, is that not in the meadow scene? No, no in the movie oh. it happens differently where he's like in the forest and like interrogates her and like circles her like a friggin' creep and then uh-huh. she's yeah. in the middle and he's like, you have to say it. Ooh. I don't know if it's in the meadow scene. I feel like they're in the same costumes, no. but I can't remember. That's fine. I guess we'll find out next time what happens in the meadow actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're like they're in the meadow yeah they're, they're in the meadow in the meadow for sure yeah and edward is barely wearing a terrible excuse for a shirt <laughs> they're wearing <laughs> matching ugly shirts it's very sweet uh, anyway all right well yeah if you liked this chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on itunes or your podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And make sure to check our socials this week, because there is a picture of Edward in this stupid shirt. <laughs> I put a lot of effort into it. It took me four minutes. So you should go check that out. <laughs> Love it. It's great. So if you don't buy our vampire biology and physiology answers to the many questions we've asked about it, you don't need to argue with us like Alice says. (laughs) Just crisis first. (laughs) I just feel like after last week where we lost our minds over thinking Twilight was in 2018, (laughs) there's like no way to come back from that. There's no way. (laughs) 